Hey friends, I'm Becky Davidson. Welcome to the Rising Above Ministries podcast, where we share stories of hope, inspiration, and encouragement from special needs families from around the world. We want to give a shout out to all of the dads out there in honor of Father's Day coming up on Sunday. And we want you to know that we here at Rising Above know what an important role you play in the life of your family. So we honor you and we celebrate you dads and we just say happy Father's Day. And in this week's episode, you are going to get to hear from one of those amazing dads who is loving his family so well. My guest today is Severin Hamilton, and Severin is the program manager at Guidelight, and there he helps run their family retreats and disability training in partnerships with local churches. Severin has been married to his wife, Megan, for 17 years, and they have three beautiful children, and their youngest son has Down syndrome. And Severin says that God has used their son, Coulter, to open their eyes and ears to hear Christ's call to go out and welcome those who are on the margins of society, often overlooked and forgotten, into Christ's lavish kingdom. And it was so sweet. At one point in our conversation, we had a very special guest who decided to pop in and join the conversation. And I know that you're going to love getting to hear that part as well. So here's the conversation that I had with Severin Hamilton. Hey, Severin, how are you doing? Thank you for joining us. Thanks so much for having us, Becky, or having me. <laughs> it's great to be here. Well, I know <laughs> we've tried to do this podcast. I think it's been actually a couple of years that we have it been has. on the journey to get this podcast recorded. Uh, you came by our office. Goodness, has been, it's been pre-COVID, so we know you know, probably two and a half years now, at least. Do you remember when you were here in Cookville? No, it was actually, I think it was during COVID. I think was we, it? My, fam, my family took a road trip. We went from Portland, Oregon to Knoxville, Tennessee. And Wow, uh, that's right. Yeah. Goodness Normally my gracious. wife's family comes out to visit. And so we decided to go visit them. That that was a journey. I bet you it have was. lots of stories about that one. It was quite quite the road trip, yes. <laughs> well, so it was an honor. You you reached out to us. You were coming all the way across the country, and you were like, hey, I want to stop in. And you came by, and we got to meet you. And um, then you got to hang out with Kim and Carissa here recently at Inc- Inclusion Fusion Live. And uh, so we've just had lots of connections here over the past couple of years. So we're glad yeah. to have you on the show today. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. So tell us a little bit about you and your family and where you live and uh, just share a little bit about who you are. Yeah. So uh, my wife and I met my wife, Megan. Uh, We live in Portland, Oregon. We've lived here for about 15 years. She's she's a Knoxville native. So uh, that's why we were in Tennessee. I grew up in Idaho. But uh, yeah, we've been married 17 years. We have three kids. Uh, My oldest daughter, Anaya, is 13. My son, Deacon is 11. And then my youngest son, Coulter, is seven. And Coulter was born with Down syndrome in 2014. So he uh, kind of uh, opened our eyes to the world mm-hmm. of disability. Yeah. And uh, he's, he's, he's healthy. He's a great, a great joy, a great blessing. Um, yeah. So that's our family. We, uh, yeah, we love the outdoors. We love uh, the church. We love, we love living life together. It's, uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Well, take us back to when you found out about Coulter. 
having Down syndrome? Was it in utero? Was it at birth? What was that journey like for you finding out about his special needs? So, so my, my first son, Deacon, he was born with a cleft lip and palate. And so we were hesitant to, to have another child. But after we got up enough courage and trust in the Lord to do that, we uh, got pregnant. And uh, at a six-month ultrasound, we were, um, you know, again, concerned that, that this, this other kiddo, uh, Coulter, would have a cleft lip and palate. And so we were a six month ultrasound to get his, you know, just regular checkup and right. see how his face was developing. And, and yeah, in the midst of that appointment, uh, you know, the, um, the ultrasound tech was doing some things and, and uh, looking over and we could tell that they were, you know, concerned about some things and they left and another one came in and, and they did some more, you know, measurements and all the different things that they do. And then that one left and the doctor came in and by then my poor wife, you know, was, was, you know, terrified and, um, uh, and I was trying to be strong for her and, uh, they finished the, finished that, uh, that ultrasound and then called us into a room and, and said, you know, we think uh, your son might have trisomy 21 or down syndrome. And yeah, so it was, uh, it was a big, uh, yeah, punch in yeah. the gut, the wind, you know, knocked the wind out of our sails. We were, we were totally taken off guard. So, Yeah. How did that impact you, you know, on the rest of that journey? You know, the rest, you're, you've got several more months in pregnancy. Mm-hmm. You're, you're dealing with just all those emotions. How did that impact you as a dad waiting for the birth of this son? Yeah. So, you know, wanting to be strong for my wife, wanting to trust that we we did the right thing to get pregnant again, mm-hmm. um, that God gives good gifts. And um, I mean, right out of, right out of the, the gate, even at that, at that meeting, I had to start, you know, advocating and defending my son. Cause they started talking to us about options, you know, mm-hmm. abortion and adoption. And I'm just like, I interrupted this doctor. I'm like, we're not having this conversation. This is my son. And, um, so, so yeah, you know, it, it, it quickly thrust us into the world of disability and how disability is seen as a, as an inconvenience and as something that, that, you know, if we can, you know, through prenatal testing, get rid of, let's get rid of it which is obviously a, 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 just a, a wicked condition of our world. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the next three months, Becky, were, were hard. My wife was, you know, in a spiral, you know, she was nosediving and just very depressed and like, you know, what's going on. I was trying to be strong and church was rallying around us. Um, uh, wonderfully. Uh, we have a strong church that was supporting us through that and, uh, and friends and family uh, were wonderful. And, um, yeah, I was praying, I was crying, I was fasting, asking God for the diagnosis to be wrong, for him to be born healthy, you know, without down syndrome. And and then, uh, we were doing stress tests for, um, for him because a lot of kids that are uh, born with down syndrome, they'll die in utero in utero. And, um, so we were at a regular ultrasound appointment on June 20th and, uh, he was pretty mellow. He was kind of chilling out and, uh, wasn't too active. And so the, uh, the doctors were like, we were a little concerned, you know, he's kind of not, uh, not too responsive. And we think today's his birthday. Oh, wow. Like, oh boy. And so we had two kids at home that a, a friend was watching, a babysitter was watching. And so it's like, okay, here we go. And, uh, in, in God's kindness, uh, we had, we had the, <laughs> well, hello, buddy. Hey, you popping in for the podcast? Hi. <laughs> Say hi, Becky. 
How are you? How are you? Hi. You gonna you, you want to be on the podcast? Yeah, that's Becky. Yeah. Hi. Oh, you can't hear her. Sorry. Go ahead. Now you Hi. Hi, buddy. How are you? Good. Good. Ask her. Say, how are you, Becky? I am good. Thank you for asking. <laughs> you are a handsome fella. Yeah. 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 Who made you? Yeah. Oh. God, yeah. God made you. <laughs> oh, you are handsome, man. <laughs> Love you, buddy. Can you leave the door closed now? All right. Thanks for coming to say hi. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. A a special guest appearance on the show. That is awesome. Coulter John. <laughs> Coulter oh, joining great. the show. I love it. Yes. Oh, good, good. I love uh, it. So what should I, what, what, what did I, where were so, we um, Well, so, you know, I see how handsome he is and he's so yes. cute and so sweet. And so, you know, all of those, the doctors who may have said, uh, just terminate, you, you know, that's probably the easiest way out. When you look at him now, mm. what, what would you love to say to them? Uh, uh, I don't think I would say anything. I think I would let Coulter say it, you know, mm, I think just, good. I think, yeah. I think he just bears testimony. He is mm. a blessing. And, you know, once they, once you meet somebody, despite their disability, like you see the value, you see the incredible worth that they have, that even if they might not have the same productivity or the same IQ as, as the general population uh, or whatever, they have incredible uh, worth and dignity and value. And, yeah. and um, so, yeah, it is, it is, it is sobering. Um, but I think, you know, that's, that's the crazy thing. Once Coulter was, was born, so he was born June 20th. I mean, the doctors were amazing. We, we have a wonderful hospital here, OHSU, Oregon Health Science University, wonderful Down syndrome clinic, Dr. Pinter, phenomenal doctor, loves, loves. I mean, he would not be in that vein of, 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 you know, of a board to adopt, I don't believe, um, you know, but we just had such good care and support, uh, after he was born and it's like, Oh, people would only just kind of, you know, fast forward and see the gift mm. that this child is. And then yeah. go back to these, these crazy policies of, of, um, of, of, of killing these babies in utero simply because they have a disability. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, it's it's sobering. But yeah, we we spent 75 days. So Coulter was born June 20th. We spent 75 days in the NICU. He was born with a duodenal atresia, so his stomach basically cul-de-sac. So he had to have a surgery right after birth. And then after the surgery, surgery went fine. Uh, but he just started swelling up like a balloon. Oh wow. He got uh, what's called ascites, where basically all your interstitial spaces filled with fluid. And it just looked like he was gonna pop. Wow, goodness, that was gotta be scary. Yeah. So we spent 75 days in the NICU, them trying to figure out what was going on. Um, the NICU there uh, is uh, pods. So you don't have your own room. You're in a, you're in a mm. pod with four other families or four other babies. And uh, so it was, you know, uh, I think God's given me a pastor's heart. So I was trying to, you know, minister to my wife and my, my own son, but also to the, the other families that were dealing with their own trauma mm. with their own children and it was a it was a wild ride. Thankfully, I was a I was a teacher at the time, so I he was born. Coulter was born right after school got out, 
And uh, we finally got released from the hospital like a couple of days before I had to go back for teacher in services. So wow. <laughs> it was a, it was a mercy and yeah. and the church you know rallied around us and we had a lot of wonderful people open their homes to us and and watch our kids and it was a it was a it was a wild ride but God yeah. was faithful. So yeah, so even in the midst of all the hard and all the trials, you were seeing God show up over and over again. And so, you know, so often we feel when we're in those situations, we're in the hospital, we're facing hardships. It's so often easy to feel we're isolated and we're, we're alone and God's abandoned us. But, mm. you know, I think you're, through your experience, what I went through with Jeff and through things with my son, that if we'll look, we'll see God showing up so often through his people. And it sounds like that was your experience as well. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, there's always, you know, it's, uh, yeah, you don't want to be cliche because the pain is real and it hurts and it's hard and it's yucky, but in the midst of it, Lord, the Lord makes a way there's, mm-hmm. there's, there's a, there's a thread of grace that, that sustains you and holds you. Uh, and, um, and it's hard sometimes to, to believe in the midst of it. Um, yeah. but looking back, I think is sometimes, you know, mm-hmm. the Lord gets us through it. And then we look back and like, oh my goodness, yeah. thank you, Lord, for the prayers of the saints for the provision of the saints, the meals, mm. the, 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 the late night visits, the early morning visits, the coffee, the, you know, just the, the encouraging words. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, our church was, you know, and, and not just our church, but other churches in the community that we had connection with so many visitors. And, and I think, you know, the doctor, uh, Dr. Bob, who's the lead doctor at the NICU, he was just marveled by that's the care that we had it was so many people that, that would come visit and support us. And, um, obviously this was pre COVID, so you could actually come visit people in the right, hospital. Right. Uh, so it was, it was a joy. <laughs> wow. Well, so, you know, you've seen how God showed up in, in different ways, but, and so how would you say that this journey of being a special needs dad, going through the hard birth, the hard, you know, those months of the unknown, how would you say that has deepened your dependence on God? Yeah. Um, you know, in, in God's economy, uh, I say this a lot with my work, uh, but, you know, and I don't probably, I didn't probably make it up, but in God's economy, suffering is redemptive, mm. you know, and uh, we have to believe that God works in brokenness and God chooses to work through uh, weak vessels. So I think, you know, having, having, having uh, Coulter and even, even having, you know, Deacon with his cleft lip and palate, you know, the doctors took, you know, did, did wonderful work for him, but I think it just, it, it humbles you. It, it makes you recognize that, um, that you desperately need the Lord and mm-hmm. that his grace is sufficient. And, um, I think, you know, for, for me as a dad, uh, specifically with, with Coulter, um, you know, it, it, it makes you, uh, dream different dreams because yes. dreams, dreams die you know, um, he probably will live with us for the rest of our lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, he probably won't marry, um, you know, and, um, and that's, that's hard, you know, you want to kind of launch your kids off into the world and see them, mm-hmm. you know, fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and carry on the, the Hamilton name. Or, right. You know. right. Uh, so yeah, it, it is sobering, but, uh, but then you see other dreams of, of just the way he enriches our lives and, uh, and reminds us of what's important that people, are, are more important than things that relationships are, 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 are key. Yeah. Um, he's, he, he loves people. We were at, we were at, um, at dinner last week, um, out at a, 
up in the Columbia Gorge, which is a beautiful place out here, just a little drive from Portland, Oregon. And we're sitting out on this patio having dinner. Um, and uh, and Coulter's just, you know, just happy as as just happy as he as he often is. And he's just looking kind of down the side of the patio uh, to the to the to the parking lot below when there's a couple that had to park their car or was walking to come into the restaurant. And he's just like, hi, and saying hi to them. And, and they're saying hi to him. And then when they left, he waved bye to them, you know, and that's just his personality. Sweet. He, you know, he, he reaches out to strangers and he welcomes people in. And that's, that's the gospel. The gospel is, you know, the gospel is a theology of, of, of welcome that we are welcome. And, and Coulter just magnifies that he makes people feel, Feel welcome first time they meet him. So yeah, what he's and he's precious and just the you know what that's what I love about our kids is that they are so welcoming. They don't you know when I see a group of our friends with special needs who are together, um, they don't see the disability in each other. They don't see mm. the differences. They are there to love on each other. It's the sweetest thing when we get together with our friends who are impacted by disability because they are not worried about what's going on in the world. They're not, you know, tainted by all the things. They're not worried. They're not in the comparison trap that we so often are. And I was actually this morning thinking, you know, like I so often just want to be in John Alex's world where he's Mm. peaceful and joyful and happy. And he's not worried about all these things that are going on, but he's just happy. And I thought, oh, buddy, I just would love to be able to be at that place where I'm smiling and happy, regardless of what's mm. going on around me. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And then that. <laughs> so, you know, I know there's been challenges on this journey and I know as, as a dad, there are things that you have faced that have been really challenging. What, what would you say has been something that as you look at your life as a special needs dad, that has been probably you know, one of the most challenging things you've faced um, as you've been raising your son, Coulter? Mm, yeah. Uh, I think, I mean, I think as, as, as all parents or caregivers or, um, or dads, specifically for my sake of kids with disabilities, it's tiring, you know, yeah. it's just <laughs> tiring, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, Greg Lucas, uh, who wrote Wrestling with an Angel, one of a dear friend of mine and one of our speakers at our retreats, you know, he shares stories about, you know, uh, you know, wrestling his son, Jake, and and just the exhaustion that goes with it. My, my wrestling with Colter is more fun. <laughs> right, right. Than, uh, than, than Greg's was with his son. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's just, you know, it is a, it is a long obedience in the same direction. Uh, and, and the same direction is, is maybe emphasized, you know. Uh, life is obviously a long obedience, but having to do the same thing over and over again, you know, in terms of feeding or in terms of, uh, you know, potty training or in terms of learning to read, uh, or, you know, in terms of just, you know, basic things that, you know, once a kid's, you know, five, six, seven, eight, they kind of, they kind of got it, you know, uh, that you have to care for those, those needs, non, not nonstop, but, Mm -hmm. but that it's, that it's, it's ongoing. Um, I think that's just physically, that's, that's a, that's a challenge. I think, um, more psychologically or emotionally or spiritually is just uh, the weight of, of, of who is going to care for, mm, for culture yeah. when, when, when mom and dad are gone. Mm-hmm. And um, my, my son Deacon has a phenomenal relationship with culture. He's a, he's, you know, one of culture's, my kids are culture's best therapists. Uh, and, um, and, you know, I trust and hope and pray that, that, that Deacon will take on that kind of mantle of caring for culture 
Um, but yeah, that's a big, that's a big fear I have, uh, a worry I have is, you know, we're not, we're not making a ton of money, you know, we're not like, we don't have some huge retirement and it's like, okay, how are we going to prepare for, for Coulter mm-hmm. to, to be taken care of when we're, when we're gone? Because right. most likely he, you know, he will, he will be dependent on, yeah. on someone else. So. That's, that's one of those things that I think keeps a lot of special needs parents up at night, you know, like those what ifs and the worries and. Uh, and so that's, yeah, that's so, it's such a daily struggle of who's going to care for our kids. What's going to happen if something happens to us. And that's where, man, if we don't have that faith of knowing that ultimately God's got our kids best interest at heart, Amen. it'll put us in, yeah, it, it's just, it'll overtake us. And so, um, it's, yeah, uh, I take comfort knowing that God cares for Coulter more than I do. Yeah. You know, he loves Coulter more than I do. Mm-hmm. He he designed culture. He put culture in this world for such a time as this. And, uh, you know, I'm called to to do the, the portion and the part that, that God's called me yeah. to, but you know, when, when it's time for me to hang up the hat, God does not sleep. He does not slumber. Or sleep. Right. That's <laughs> right. You know, so often the world, um, looks at our kids' disabilities to define them. So, you know, mm. John Alex, cerebral palsy, autism, epilepsy, nonverbal, you know, all, all the tags, same yep. with, with your son, but how do we get focused on their true identity? And what would you say is like your son's true identity? Like, but yes, those are all labels that get, that can describe yeah. our children, but it does not define who they are. So how do you, how do we get people to get past those labels and see who they truly are, their true identity? Yeah, I mean, I think I, I think as as Christians, I think we have to start with the gospel. The gospel, as I said earlier, is a theology of weakness and welcome. And each one of us is broken. Each one of us are weak. Each one of us are unable. Um, and um, and yet we are welcome. And and so I think beginning with the gospel, recognizing who God is, and that God, and from the place of understanding who God is, that God made us, and that God made us in His image. And that, um, you know, we're fearfully and wonderfully made. I mean, it's, it's said by so many pe- parents of kids with disabilities, but Psalm 139, you know, it's, we are fearfully and wonderfully mm-hmm. made, knit together in our mother's womb. Um, you know, God didn't, you know, God didn't miss a stitch when he made Coulter, when he made John Alexander. God knew what he was doing. Uh, he's the blessed controller of all things. And so, yeah, so to see Coulter as, as a child of God, to see him as someone uh, that is in need, of God's grace, just like just like his dad is in need of God's grace, that uh, Christ uh, is who defines him, not mm-hmm. uh, not a label like a disability. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean we we have to define ourselves if if we're for followers of Jesus, we have to define ourselves as 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 uh, as children of God, made in God's image, redeemed by God's grace. Uh, you know that Christ has to be preeminent because everything else. You know, if I've tried to put anything else in the center of my life, my marriage, my, my, my job, my kids, you know, my health, my abilities, I mean, it's all, it's, it's, it's not going to hold the weight of, mm-hmm. of life. But if Christ is the center, he'll be able to hold me, he'll be able to define me. And so I think, especially within disability, this is something I was, I was chatting, you know, at the Inclusion Fusion with some, with some other ministry leaders, like we've got to keep disability from being kind of what defines us as a ministry, you know? Right. Uh, yes, we, we minister to people with disabilities in specific ways and unique ways, 
But as a ministry for us, you know, we we want Christ to be preeminent mm-hmm. because he's the one that is really going to um, be there when the disability is just overwhelming yeah. and uh, it's it's too much. And, um, you know, the other people that, that have a, maybe a child with Down syndrome, they're not there to help, you know, and who do we turn to? Well, we, we, we cry out to Christ and he mm-hmm. helps us. Yeah. So, yeah, I think keeping the gospel central, keeping Christ preeminent, um, you know, I tell Coulter who made you and, you know, it's a yeah. simple catechism question, God. And, um, and that, that, that's where we have to begin. We have to begin with who God is and, and, uh, that we're made in his image. Yeah, that's beautiful. And, you know, part of what you were talking about, part of your ministry and part of what you do, and that's what I want to talk about next, you know, your, your ministry is called Guidelight. And that's kind of how we got connected was you, you came to visit us because of your work through Godlight. Uh, it used to be called, though, something else. What, what used to be called? Um, the Elisha Foundation. The Elisha Foundation. That's right. And so, but what's so neat is that your ministry that you're a part of and Rising Above are all part of the Shine On initiative through the Tim Tebow Foundation. And so we all kind of collaborate together to help bring awareness, bring support, bring, you know, encouragement to those who are in the disability field. And so I would love for you to share about Guidelight, what you do, what that looks like. And so our, more about what our families might be interested in knowing about what you offer there for the disability community. Absolutely. Yeah. So Guidelight's mission is the pursuit of Christ-centered transformation in the lives of those experiencing disability. And, um, yeah, so we we really, as I said earlier, we really want people to see the preeminence of Christ, that the gospel is for all people of all abilities. Um, you know, my son Coulter, I he needs to hear the gospel. He needs to he needs to trust in Christ. And obviously, when you think with, about intellectual develop or developmental disabilities, you're like, okay, how much do they really understand? Yeah. And how much do they profess? Uh, that's up to God. Our our job as 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 disciples of Jesus is to is to preach the good news. And so I tell Coulter who Jesus is and that Christ died for his sins. And when he, when he disobeys or when he sins, you know, he needs to ask for forgiveness and as, as, as best as he can, you know, uh, Coulter is verbal, uh, praise the Lord. Um, and so I think, you know, um, we, we at Guidelight, we really want to bring the gospel, uh, not just to the caregivers, not just to the parents, but to, to the kids as well, or the, the adults with disabilities. Um, and trust the Lord to, to, to know, uh, you know, we have to have childlike faith and trust, mm-hmm. trust the Lord that, that, uh, he, he knows who are his and, and, uh, and our job is to, is, is just to proclaim the good news. So we, uh, we do that, um, in terms of, you know, pursuing Christ and transformation, uh, primarily trying to connect with local churches, trying to partner with local churches. Um, a big thing we do is family retreats. So we run retreats all over the U.S. internationally as well um, for, um, for families that experience disabilities. Small retreats, so 10 to 12 families. Um, usually it's about uh, three nights, uh, Thursday through Sunday. And uh, we partner usually with a local church that's in the area where the retreat is being held. And so we can connect volunteers and and um, you know, have have uh, raise an army to 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 to, to take care of these mm-hmm. these ten families or ten twelve families, and yeah, the retreat is really a respite for the for the parents for the caregivers. All the kids have buddies, and um, the kids have kind of a VBS type experience. The parents we bring in a pastor um, who has raised or is raising a child with special needs, 
And they just open up God's word and talk about God's good design and disability and how God is sovereign. And, and this isn't plan B for your life. And, yeah. you know, uh, however, the Lord lead, leans on, on that pastor's heart to share that weekend. And the parents, you know, have time just to connect moms with moms, dads with dads. Mm, uh, we do a candlelight dinner for the, for the parents in the, uh, the last night. And it's just a wonderful time. My wife and I were, were, were recipients of it before we, before I worked for Guidelight. So we, uh, we thoroughly enjoyed it. And it really is a breath of fresh air yeah. um, to be reminded of God's goodness. So we also do disability training. So we will, uh, churches, uh, we'll partner with churches to go into a church for like a Saturday and do a, do a, you know, four or five hour uh, seminar just on disability, kind of a, uh, the way I kind of view it is good theology and then good tools in the tool belt. So mm. a right understanding of who God is and what disability is, and this isn't, you know, plan B for your life. And then, okay, here, you know, here are some good tools in the tool belt. If you're ministering and serving families with, with special needs in your community, how can you reach out to them? How can you build what we call relational ramps uh, into the community? Um, you know, and not just be ADA compliant, but be ADA compassionate. Mm, that's good. They have a heart, really have a heart to see people welcome. Um, yeah, a lot of times it happens with churches is churches will say, oh, we, we don't really have anybody in our, in our community or in our <laughs> yeah. church that has this ability. Right. And right. it's like, well, well, why is that? <laughs> yeah. You know, uh-huh. Oh, okay. Because maybe we don't have the eyes to see and we're not reaching out. And so, yeah. so really kind of raising the awareness. Uh, I get the privilege of, of having a quarterly event with a bunch of church leaders here in Portland. Uh, we also uh, reach out uh, via Zoom, but uh, lately it's just been in person, which has been nice uh, mm-hmm. after, after two years of Zoom. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, but yeah, to connect, connect church leaders so that, uh, you know, churches can hear what other pastors are doing. It's like, oh, we have this and we do this and uh, just a place for encouragement and collaboration. That's great. Yeah. And we also, you know, um, just just because I don't want to lose sight of it, that's kind of what I do with with, with Guidelight. But, but our founder and executive director, Justin Reimer, who uh, his son name was Elisha, where we got the Elisha Foundation from, he's lived the last six years in Ukraine and Chernigov. Wow. And so... Uh, he got out right before the war started, and uh, he has and and Guidelight has been actively uh, sending aid and food and, and partnering with local ministries there that we know and trust and have worked with over the years uh, to really continue to to support Ukraine through this this crisis. And so, yeah, if you go to our if you go to our website, we have a link to how what we're doing there, how we can continue to support um, uh, different ministries that are specifically reaching out to. To families with special needs in the Ukraine. That's amazing. Um, yeah, it's a it's a wonderful. It's it's very humbling to yeah. to to be a part of that. And so the good thing about that is is that I know a lot of our families who are listening may be thinking, yeah, that's something I would like to help with. Like, I, you know, I've I thought when all that happened about my goodness, what if we were there? And here I have my child with special needs, and you know, those families who have special equipment needs or medication needs, what is going to happen? with them and it's so heavy on your heart. So it's so great to know you are a resource people can go to, to offer support to those families. If anybody has that on their heart to do so. Yeah, absolutely. We, you know, there's a, there's a dear brother, um, bake for Ukraine who has a bakery. He has an adult son with, uh, with down syndrome and he started this bakery and it's, it's been serving people with disabilities um, you know, that, that work in the, you know, work in the, in the bakery and the cafe. And then when, you know, when the war started, he, he just 
he rallied and it basically turned into kind of a soup kitchen. He was baking bread and soup for, for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people. And, uh, and so he's one of our, you know, our strategic partners there on the ground um, who gets disability. He, he, he lives it, he knows it. Mm-hmm. And he's, you know, taking this, this food and aid that we've been able to send uh, and, and delivering it to, to families that really need it. That, wow. you know, as you said, that, you know, for whatever reason, they maybe can't get out of Ukraine because of, because of a disability or because of a, you know, a lack of mobility. Mm-hmm. Well, and we'll be sure to include links to your website and information so our listeners can quickly uh, find out that information. Uh, now, I'm ending every podcast this year with the same question because this is the year of restoration at Rising Above. And so we're asking all of our guests, what are you currently doing that's allowing God to bring restoration into your life? You know, these past few years especially have been so hard for so many people on top of our day in, day out life, raising our children with special needs. And for so many of us, just beat down, quite honestly. Mm. But God is a God of restoration. And so what are some tools you have in your tool chest or what are some things that you're using that's allowing God to bring restoration into your life? So, yeah, so I'm, I'm not very good at it, but uh, but uh, something I strive to do and create good, obviously habits are really important, uh, creating rhythms, creating ruts in our lives. And so morning devotions for me, I mean, it sounds like Christianity 101, but uh, that's where I really am restored, uh, you know, getting up in the morning and praying and reading my Bible when it's quiet, you know, especially if you have a child with special needs, you know, like days are busy, days are full. And so just time for, for me as a, as a, as, as a dad, as, as a leader to, to, you know, one thing I, I, I talk with dads a lot about um, is, uh, you know, so much of life as a parent or as a caregiver is serving those around you. Mm-hmm. And, um, and when we're serving and serving and serving, um, we can begin to become bitter you know, because we're like, is this all my life is, you know? And so, you know, in the morning I really cry out to God and, you know, Mark 10 45 says the son of man, Jesus said, this is the son of man who came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So Jesus didn't come for me to serve him. He came to serve me. And so it sounds almost kind of radical to pray, but I ask, I say, God, would you serve me today? Wow. You know, would you serve me? Because if you don't serve me, all the people that I'm called to serve, I'm not going to be able to serve. Wow. And so I think just getting before God and asking Jesus to serve us, that's what he says he came to do. And, and for him to empower us, for him to fill us, for him to give us the strength to do what we need to do day in and day out. Um, and that's just, I think that's a place of dependence. It's a place of brokenness, but it's also a place of courage, a place of like, we're going to, we're going to God and we're saying, God, serve me, which means like, it, just, it almost flips it on his head, but that's what God says he came to do. He yeah. came to, to serve. So I say that, you know, if, if you don't have a rhythm or, or a, a habit of, of just getting before the Lord and asking God for his grace, asking him to serve you, feed you by his word, um, that's crucial. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think also, you know, this is where I'm probably not as good, but exercise, you know, we're, we're more than just minds and, and spirits, we're bodies. And right. so finding time to exercise, to, 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 to just kind of clear the brain, clear the mind, clear the body. And uh, it, it's so, I think it's so needed uh, for just, especially if we're, if we're in a, you know, if we're not sleeping very well, mm-hmm. uh, you know, if we've got demanding needs for our child's disabilities, we can just kind of let our body kind of just kind of go by the wayside, but 
we want to kind of do the long obedience and finish, finish strong. I think we need to continue to, to take care of our own bodies. Um, yeah. So, wow. and then on the last thing, you know, I, I think Becky, I, I would, I would be remiss if I didn't say it, but just, just gathering with God's people on Sunday, yeah. going to church in the, the, the regular rhythms of grace, you know, taking the Lord's supper, being reminded that, that I'm a sinner and Jesus is a wonderful savior. I think that's, that's how I, you know, sometimes we want some big wowie zowie, but I think just the regular rhythms of, of every day crying out to God, asking him to serve us, being faithful with, with what he's given us. And, you know, and then every week, you know, gathering with God's people to be reminded. I mean, I love hearing the saints sing around me, you know, you know, before the throne of God mm-hmm. above, I have a strong and perfect plea. I need that. I need to hear other people tell me the good news, not just tell myself the good news. Yeah. So those so, are some things I'm doing. <laughs> so good. So powerful. And, and I, um, boy, I love that, that thought of Jesus serving us, you know, like mm. he's, he is the good shepherd and he's the great leader and, uh, depending on him for everything we need. And so, that's beautiful. Well, Severin, thank you so much for sharing part of your story with us, sharing us with us what you do at Guidelight. And go check out their website. Everyone go check it out so you can find out more about them and what they're doing. And uh, Severin, it's been an honor to have you on today. And I just thank you for taking the time to be with us today. Thank you so much, Becky. It's a joy to, to know that there's like-minded ministries, you know, loving Jesus and, and reaching out to those those with disabilities. Uh, So thank you for the work that you do and all your team. Thank you for listening to the Rising Above Ministries podcast. If you like what you hear, please take a minute to leave us a rating and review. This helps others like you find our content more easily. You can learn more about how Rising Above Ministries is encouraging the special needs community by checking out our website at risingaboveministries.org or by finding us on Facebook and Instagram. We look forward to connecting with you.